get me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Hey everybody, it's Mark Hershon from Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, and this is an I-5 Extra. Uh, I'm driving between Los Angeles and San Francisco on Interstate 5. It's uh, 6.05 p.m. on the evening of the Oscars, the 2013 Oscars. I'm not going to give this episode a number because this is kind of like an extra and after I listen to my ramblings, I may not even put this up, so I could just be talking to myself. Although, half the time, I think I'm just talking to myself on this show anyway. Hmm, interesting. And talking to myself is sort of the jumping off point, I guess. Uh, I'm not going to be playing any clips during this extra because I'm literally just sort of doing this stream of consciousness in the car as uh, evening descends across the San Joaquin uh, valley and beyond as I make the stretch to San Francisco. I like to call it the Kessel Run from, uh, that's a Star, Star Wars reference, by the way, the Kessel Run. Um, anyway, and uh, hey, if this works out, may, I'm planning to be making uh, a number of trips back and forth uh, to and from San Francisco and Los Angeles over this next year. And so maybe I'll do this again if it, uh, if it works out. But the talking to myself was sort of the jumping off point, I think, for uh, where I wanted to start on this. In terms of podcasting, uh, I got together with a number of different podcasters during this past weekend in Los Angeles and uh, finished my visit off um, by having uh, coffee and a little snack for the road with uh, Travis Clark and uh, his lovely wife, Brandy Clark, from the... Uh, Tiny Odd Conversations podcast, uh, and we were just sort of talking about where does this all go, you know, what what is podcasting really about? Uh, you know, people are saying, how do you monetize this? Uh, wh- who are you doing it for? Why are you doing it? What's it going to become? Are you doing it because you've got nothing else to do, or are you doing it because... You perceive this might turn into something great. Uh, you're vamping until uh, you can get your own TV show. It's on and on. Depends, you know, depending who you talk to, the conversation about why they're doing podcasts uh, can be wildly different. Uh, there are some comedians who do this because they're either not getting booked enough or they're not getting as booked as much as they used to. They want to keep themselves sharp or they want to just try a different format, see if their humor works into a more conversational place. Uh, There's some very good conversational podcasts uh, that are just comedians talking to themselves uh, and talking to uh, Matt Weinhold, an interview I did this past weekend that will be on an episode of Sagatash. We talked about people like Bill Burr, who spend their hour usually just talking to themselves. Uh, They may have an extra person in the room upon occasion, but they've begun to really master the art of self-conversing. Greg Proops, uh, world's 
the Smartest Man in the World podcast, another great example of someone who self-converses and doesn't really need the audience response or to have somebody else on the microphone with him to pull this thing off. It's just talking um, to himself. Well, not to himself. He's talking to an audience, whether they're uh, they're in the crowd at Bar Lubitsch or somewhere else he pl- happens to be, in the case of Greg, or just talking on the podcast to whatever listeners might be out there. He's addressing an audience and not too worried about feedback from that audience to carry the one-way conversation. Um, so I guess it sort of comes about, why, why am I doing this? Why do I do Succotash? We've just recently passed the 50-episode mark and uh, kind of d- double, double-edged surprise. Surprise that we got to 50 episodes and surprised that we haven't gotten to 100 episodes yet because I thought it would be a lot easier to churn out episodes. And it turns out to not be that easy, mostly because of the, the time suck involved in putting something like Succotash together. If this was a podcast about me just having a one-way conversation with you, the listener, I think it would be a lot easier for me to just sort of sit around and come up with some topics to discuss. An hour isn't that much time to fill, really, and it doesn't have to be an hour. I could do a half hour. I could do 20 minutes. I don't even know how long this particular i5 Extra is going to be. It might just be a 15-minute podcast. I couldn't tell you. But it's not that difficult if you've learned how to converse, how to take a conversation from point A to point B to point C, etc., etc., to have that self-conversation. The format I've chosen for Succotash, uh, although I have interviews, those of you who listen know that it's mostly about playing clips from other comedy podcasts. Um, And that turns out to be a little bit more time-consuming than I first thought. When I first was introducing the idea, there were uh, several podcasters who said I'd really come up with a great way to do a podcast because it was so damned easy to pull off. How hard can it be to play stuff that other people have done? Well, the hard part is finding those clips. And yes, there are a number of podcasters who understand the idea of self-promotion and are more than happy to supply me with those clips from their own shows. And that's, it's easy to do and it's brilliant. And you would be surprised whether you are a podcaster or just a regular old member of the listening public how few podcasters take advantage of the idea that they could literally just email me a three-minute, five-minute clip, whatever, and I'll, I'll just put it on the show. Uh, at this stage of Succotash's development, I'm not picking and choosing what to put on. If you think the clip is representative of your show, I'll put it on. I might not like it, and the listening audience may not like it. They may love it. Um, comedy is very subjective. I can't tell. I can't make that judgment call. But if you're confident about it, I'll put it on. Happy to. But that aside, those clips coming in from podcasters, it really does rely on me. I don't have a staff or an intern or anybody else who's helping me. I need to figure out which podcast should we feature from episode to episode. Uh, Should I just pay attention to the ones that are from comedians that are fairly well known? Should I be playing a clip from uh, WTF every week? Or should I be really trying to bring you, the listener, 
new things that are out there, things that are new to me too. And that's where it gets tough because uh, I don't have a whole lot of time in my week. I don't know about you, but the idea of listening to uh, hours and hours and hours of podcasting is, uh, it's not terribly appealing because it's tiring and it just isn't really possible. So I look at things like what's popular on Stitcher this week. What are the new shows that are jumping up? I look at iTunes, what's new and noteworthy that I haven't heard from yet. I look at the AV Club. I look at Splitsider.com. You know, wherever I'm going to find where uh, people are talking about podcasts and the ones that catch my eye that are of the comedy bent, I'll give that one a shot or I'll try something from there. And I really just put it up and start skipping around. And I listen to the beginning, I listen to the intro, I try and get the names of the people involved, I try and get a feel for what the show is about, but then it's really just a race to find a cohesive three to five minute chunk that to me feels representative of what I'm speed listening through. I don't know that I really do the shows that much justice, to tell you the truth. I I think I am providing the public with a way to hear your podcast, if you are a podcaster, and I think that's good. But am I pulling the best clip from that particular episode? Uh, Chances are no. Uh, But if you're doing a consistently funny podcast, it kind of should not matter. Kind of should not. That's not good English. But it shouldn't matter. I should be able to really pluck something from anywhere in your show. And if you're providing a consistent product, then that should be representative. That aside, I'm not always sure that I'm, like I said, doing your show complete justice, but I do the best I can. Uh, and it's, it's one of the only shows out there that's doing that. I don't know whether it's a good show because of that. And, uh, I think that the, the podcasters that I've featured on there enjoy the fact that they're getting a little bit of extra airtime or ear time. I guess there's really no air anymore, uh, except for what's left of terrestrial radio. And I'm happy to do it. Uh, Podcasting to me is exciting. It's an exciting industry. It's a very young industry still. I mean, it's been around for at this stage a little more than a decade, really. Um, Sort of unofficially at the beginning. But I think um, there's an excitement that's probably akin to the early days of radio or the early days of television. Uh, People always describe it as sort of the Wild West. And by that sort of means you can hear pretty much anything you could imagine is out there somewhere. And the FCC hasn't stepped in. They don't tell you what you can and cannot do. Uh, iTunes will tell you that if you're using foul language, you're saying things that might be construed as um, too edgy for an ordinary audience or for a young audience to hear, that you need to label it as being explicit. And I think that's fair. But they're not telling you you can't play that. Uh, You can't put that bit of comedy out there or whatever the programming happens to be. So it's a very exciting time. The, The barrier to entry is that there are still a lot of people very resistant to having to figure out how to download or stream or otherwise find all this fabulous content. And I think the main service that Zuckatash really brings to the table is it's a buffet 
and people get a chance to sample the wares of what's in the comedy realm of podcasts. As I mentioned uh, many, many times, there are literally thousands of comedy podcasts, and it borders on the number of hundreds of thousands of just podcast podcasts out there. And that's quite a minefield to have to pick through to find something that, you know, the I think the most valuable asset anybody has is time. And for every podcast you download, it may only take a few minutes to download it, depending on the speed of your internet access, but you still have to listen to it. And you may put in three minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes or a whole hour, only to find that that podcast you thought might be entertaining is not quite your cup of tea or you realize oh maybe it's just a bad episode this time I'll give them another shot and people just in this busy world find that time hard to scrape together so my hope is really that succotash is that thing that allows people to hear a little bit oh listen I heard four minutes of uh, Kelly Carlin's podcast uh I think that Waking from the American Dream, I, I like what she's saying. I like what she sounds like. I'm going to go find that podcast. And, oh, look, uh, the host has told me exactly where that website is. And if you visit the, if you ever visit the SuccotashShow.com blog site, there is a fresh blog for every episode that goes up, and every one of the podcasts that gets played has a link to the home site. And if I have a little bit of extra time, you'll even find links to the Twitter accounts of the hosts of those shows. So there's all sorts of ways to get to the goodness. Um, what else can I talk about uh, while I'm on this weird self-conversing tear? Uh, still a little bit torn, speaking of tear, uh, about dinging podcasts that I don't particularly like. Um, I've mentioned this again time and time again and Regular listeners are probably sick of hearing me talk about this. Um, but one of the things that kind of uh, gets to me is that this is a nascent industry. It's just starting out. And uh, I don't know that I'm the right person to be going, ah, you know what, this podcast stinks. Even if I do think a podcast isn't very good, uh, don't know that it's my call. Um Maybe it is. I I certainly could do it. There's no law that says I can't. I won't make... I'll I'll be making some enemies, which is fine. Um, And maybe some making some friends among listeners who go, wow, thanks for warning me off of that. But at the same time, what if, like I said, the way I have right now to pull my clips, I may not be listening to the whole story. And maybe I just hear a chunk of a podcast that for whatever reason I'm hearing out of context. So I might say, wow, that really sucked. And maybe what I was listening to was intentionally supposed to suck for whatever reason. It was to illustrate a point. It was a bit. It was a moment in time in that podcast life. And I could end up, you know, pulling the plug on the thing and doing so unfairly. So for the time being, Succotash will continue to be the sort of show where I will play clips and you, as the listeners, will decide what you want to listen to, what's good, what's bad, um, what you want to hear more of, that sort of thing. Um, so that's all I'll say about that because I talk about that a lot. Um, what else do I talk about a lot? Um, 
I don't get much feedback, just to let you know. Um, I don't know if most podcast listeners are not in the habit of responding to what they hear. Uh, maybe I get a lot less correspondence than other podcasts. I, I don't really know. Um, I get uh, mentions in Twitter, which is nice. But very rarely does a week go by where I get more than one or two emails. And even that is usually a bit rare unless it's from you know, one of my friends in podcasting. I do hear from, from you guys a lot, which is great. But are there regular listeners out there for Succotash that you know, give a damn about it. It's fine that nobody clicks the donate button uh, or uses the Amazon gateway. Uh, I have have yet to get any sort of check from Amazon because not enough people have used the gateway to uh, get up to that kickback level where I get a few, a few cents back. Um, and I'm not in it for the, for the money. It, it would be nice to get some, but I'm not in it for that. Uh, and it just makes me wonder what the appreciation level, not just for my podcast, but for other podcasts are. One of the podcasters that I was visiting with this weekend in Los Angeles had mentioned, you know, they have merchandise, they've got t-shirts, and they get people, you know, emailing in, send me a t-shirt, like for free. Like, it doesn't cost anything to print and mail a t-shirt, and it's, you know, it's... For an individual who's just doing a show like this on their own, it's an expensive proposition. So I think there's a, a little bit of a, a misfire between the idea of free entertainment. You know, you're downloading these things or listening to them on Stitcher, um, and it doesn't cost anything unless you happen to listen to one of the rare subscription shows, um, like Never Not Funny or something. Uh, so you're used to the free entertainment, but there's a, an appreciation that goes along with it. It, it kind of puts me in the, the frame of mind, and this is a great expression that uh, Rick Overton has used before, and it relates to uh, kind of the mid-90s when comedy began to fall apart, live comedy shows. The boom of the 80s was over, and there was a fallow period coming, and the club owners, out of a panic would give away free passes and you could bring you and nine of your friends to a show for free you'd have to pay for the drinks which the club owner you know the clubs made the money off the booze the ticket money was going to the performers and so you could get in for free you had to buy you know two drink minimum and uh it was an unappreciative audience by and large you had a lot of people there on free passes on any given night and they would figure, well, I'm in here for free. I'm not, I don't have anything invested in this show. And the responses from the audience would show that. And Overton used to refer to those people as pass holes, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, Rick Overton, by the way, you can hear on Overview, uh, which is his new podcast. So look for that, uh, Overview. Uh, it's on iTunes. Let's give Ricky a little plug there. Uh, but anyway, I feel a little bit the same in the realm of podcasting, that there's an unappreciative audience. They have this incredible wealth of audio listening and video now, too. I mean, look at the stuff that uh, Earwolf is doing 
where uh, Comedy Bang Bang or whatnot, they're pr- giving video presentations, and all that stuff is available for free. It doesn't cost anything, and people are watching it, and they're going, this is fantastic entertainment, and they are literally giving nothing back. Again, is it about money? Not really. It's not the idea you're going to make a lot of money, but there's the appreciation. Where is the appreciation? The, you know, you always hear podcasters, myself included, begging listeners to go up to iTunes and rate us, you know, give us five stars, write a two sentence review because that makes a difference in, you know, us appearing on the front pages of iTunes and Stitcher, things like that. And even that is too much effort for some listeners to do. No, I will just sit back and I will um, just enjoy what you have to offer. Uh, Thanks for the free barbecue. Um, I'm just going to leave my litter here and you guys can clean up after I've left. Uh, so yeah, sometimes you feel a little unappreciated for, uh, the effort you're putting in, which is a shame, uh, because believe me to a, to a person that I've talked to in podcasting, we all love doing this, even though a number of us don't have really any idea what it's going to lead to or how long we can keep doing it. And, uh, it's just a shame that, uh, some people are only going to find out after they've left the scene that audiences really liked what they were doing. Because believe me, there are podcasters that will not, you know, turn around and come back in the door and go, oh, you did like it. Okay, well, I'll start it up again. Because usually once you've kind of shut the door on something, you're onto something new uh, as a comedian, as a performer, and podcasting included, you just kind of go, oh, okay, I'll do something else. Um, So I will implore you as a podcast listener, and not for me, uh, although, gosh, I'd certainly like it, but... For those other podcasters that are working so hard out there, just use your computer, go up to iTunes, go to the podcast section, you know, take 30 seconds and find the podcast you like and go to the page, click on the stars, put in a review, and that's it. That's all you have to do. You only have to do it once. That's all it requires. Um, Or go to the Facebook, their Facebook page. Almost every podcast that I've covered has their own Facebook page. Go to it. Go to their page. Like their page. That's all it takes. Uh, The appreciation from the performer will be uh, immense, immeasurable. Your name will be mentioned. You will be immortalized uh, in the podcast. Uh, Particularly if you're a donator. If you actually give $2 and click on their... uh, PayPal donate button, most guys, girls, podcasters will mention your name on their show. Maybe you're not looking for the glory, so you can certainly do it and leave a note, say, don't mention my name, but uh, everybody likes a little perk now and then, so help us out. We'll, uh, we'll make you feel good. Um, that's all. I'm not going to beg for it. Uh, it should be easy enough. You know, when you get good service in a restaurant, you tip. You, somebody doesn't have to tell you that. Some people are good tippers, some people are bad tippers, and some people don't tip at all. And uh, if you get enough, um, if you work in a section that doesn't get a whole lot of tips, eventually you move restaurants or you stop waiting tables or something. I'm not sure that, uh, not sure that uh, analogy is going anywhere, but sounded interesting at the beginning. Oh, well, let's see. Uh, still on I-5, and uh, I am, where am I now? I'm getting fairly close to 
I think Kettleman City. Getting close to Kettleman City. Um, but uh, let's see, how long have I been blabbing? Oh, 23 and a half minutes, that's it? Man, it sounds like I've been talking forever. Um, I am getting tired, though, uh, of talking and uh, trying to think of where to go next. So I think that's going to do it for this very first edition, and maybe the only edition, uh, of Succotash, this special <laughs> i5 uh, edition of the show. And, uh, hey, if you liked it, uh, write, rate it on iTunes. Oh, never mind. Uh, love to hear from you. You can write me at mark at succotashshow.com. Like Succotash Show on Facebook. We have a page. You can follow us at Succotash Show on Twitter. And uh, you can always call the Succotash Hotline. Uh, it is a toll call, but uh, I love getting stuff on there. I will play pretty much anything anybody leaves, as long as it's not just some sort of errant noise. And that's 818-921-7212. That's the Succotash Hotline. And uh, if you didn't like this rambling, let me know, and I'll never do it again. Um, Otherwise, I'll see you the next time you pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash.